0: Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Therese here's Hog. Do not scratch your eyes! Do not scratch your eyes! Do not scratch your eyes! Hello and welcome to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes, a podcast for Watford fans, by Watford fans. Today, myself and Carl are joined by a genuine Watford legend, Tony Coton. Without any further ado, let's talk to Tony. <laughs>
1: Chaps, you okay? We're all very, very
0: good very well, Tony. Very well. Honoured to uh, to have a legend uh, on the podcast.
2: <laughs> Are you comfortable with being called a legend, Tony? Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 Call cool. me yeah, how many times do you want. If I read rightly, Carl, I think your first game was about uh, eighty nine, wasn't it?
0: It was. You're in that goal, like, Carl. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're in goal. We we beat Bradford seven uh, one. Seven goals in one and, half, I think, as I remember.
1: And I also noticed that you didn't go to watch us away from home for another four years. This is true. Is that right?
0: This is true. Have you been
1: stalking me? Yeah, I do. I do <laughs> my own work, mate. I need to know who I'm talking to.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Tony. Uh, my first game for what well, I ever went to, you were in goal. It was 1985 against Coventry City at home. We won 3-0. And my brother asked me to... You won't remember this at all, but apparently there was a game where we beat... I think he said it was Darlington 8-0. Uh, my oh, brother, yes. My brother at the time was a ball boy, stood behind you at the Vicarage Road End, and after goal six, apparently you went round and picked him up. He yes, remembers it. So, yeah.
1: At uh, the Vicarage Road End, so... To my left-hand side, I went. I ran around and picked him up. Um, it was probably one of those nights where, if I look back, I was unprofessional and I shouldn't because um, it was just a matter of keeping warm that night. We were so dominant; yeah. they were poor. They were poor, and as I say, the goals kept raining in. And then I think I did something really unprofessional, which I'm not proud of. Um, they took a shot. That went—I don't know how far wide, ridiculously wide—and I died dive? for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: who's going to say that?
1: That's fantastic. I did, and, and I, you know, I, I regretted it a couple of days after. I was thinking about it, and I thought, "Oh no, that was that was really bad." And then when I went to uh, Sunderland and where else, I did a bit for UV Rosler at, at Wigan. But when I went to Sunderland, I brought in a guy to do the match reports on the opposition called Dean Crombie. And Dean was playing that night for them. Was he? Uh, yeah.
0: Does he remember it? Did uh, he remember it?
1: He mentions it every time I see him. So <laughs> uh, Yeah. He said, oh, but that night he I, said, oh. I said, I'm trying to forget it. <laughs> you, keep bringing it you keep bringing it up. But um, yeah, and I do remember picking your brother up.
2: Well, he will be so made uh, up that you remember that, I tell you
1: yeah i do i remember it as clear as anything because to be honest there's only two things that i did that night <laughs> one was dive for a ball that was about 30 <laughs> yards wide and what the other was pick your brother up
2: he will be so <laughs> pleased that you remember this he will be tickled yeah. pink um yeah. so what i'm going to do tony i'm going to have a quick look through your wikipedia entry and uh, we'll sift through the uh the fact from the fiction So it starts by saying you were born Anthony Philip Coton on 19th of May 1961. Does that sound right?
1: That's it, yeah. That's what I've been using all these years.
2: That's a good start. Uh, You made 500 appearances in the Football League and Premier League for Birmingham City, Watford, Manchester City and Sunderland. And you came out of retirement briefly in 2004 for Hereford United following a goalkeeping crisis.
1: Now that's the part that sounds true. Oh, right. go on then. I didn't. I know nothing about that. <laughs> was, what, you
0: did, what,
1: you didn't go I, to Hereford? I went to Hereford as a kid when I was about... And I first started out at Birmingham. I went to Hereford at about... I think I was about 18. Um, and I was in and around the first team At uh, they had a goalkeeping injury. Tommy Hughes was the Hereford goalie at the time and he was injured. So I went on a, on a month's loan to... To Hereford, um, but that would have been uh, nineteen eighty. So in two thousand
2: and four, uh, you didn't play for Hereford, aged forty
1: three. No, wow, I couldn't do a lot. In, I couldn't do a lot when I was forty three. <laughs> Trust me, let alone put a pair of gloves on again.
2: <laughs> well, we've cleared that up. So this is an exclusive on the do not. Scritcher I, I the-
1: actually said to my mate, who's a journo. I said to him, how do, I, how do I clear facts up on Wikipedia? And, and he said, oh, I'll have a go for you. But he obviously hasn't had the yeah, go. He, he hasn't done it, that, mate. Yeah. No, that's on there and, it, and it's not true. Well,
2: that's an exclusive yeah. then. I'm pleased with that. That's brilliant. From the horse's mouth. OK,
1: Yeah.
2: it says uh, you made your football league debut as a 19-year-old on the 27th of December 1980 in the first division match against Sunderland and your first touch of the ball was to save a penalty awarded after 54 seconds.
1: Correct. Do that you remember that?
2: Do you remember that? Because that is a hell of an introduction. I to-
1: how, how can you not remember? It went into the Guinness Book of Records. I remember it every time I look at my car because my girls bought me a number plate. Which says TC fifty four pen,
0: brilliant. That is a, that's fantastic. <laughs> Love that. what,
1: so I, I think I think it cost them about the pricey sum of about a hundred and something quid that they bought me one year for Christmas. That um, that sort of recognises what I, you know all those years ago. That's uh, fifty four a... seconds. First touch of the ball, uh, save a pen, went into the Guinness Book of Records. I know for a fact. There's been another, I can't remember who it is, but there was another goalkeeper maybe in the fourth division or the third division now, and I can't remember his name, uh, saved one, but he came on in the second half as a sub. So what is your your actual record for then, the fastest penalty save in a game? Um, First touch uh, on their debut. Right. and And the quickest. Wow. So... Well there you go. Yeah. That's there fantastic. you go. That is some introduction. Ross or Norris McGuertor weren't there to give me a, a, <laughs> any you oh I've got to, I've got to remember your ages. You won't remember them too. I remember you? record breakers.
2: I'm old enough to remember Norris McGuertor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, you Carl you look so, confused.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm confused. I haven't got Carl,
1: a clue Carl, he's com- what are they talking about? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not a clue.
1: Yeah. yeah. So so I uh, I had that um uh, on a, and I remember it as clear as anything because uh I was in the squad as as you know you just give the date out Christmas uh day after Boxing Day and uh I was in the squad Jeff Whelan was playing um we played at Leeds the day we played back to back we played Leeds the day before uh and Jeff had took a knock um and then we played the next day at home to Sunderland. Two and he, two he took Le- a knock but well, he passed a fitness test. Sorry, Tony, um, two league
2: games in two days? You yeah, say?
1: in 1980. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> they, they,
0: they struggle to play two league games in two weeks at the
1: moment. <laughs> I'm almost I'm almost certain it was that. It might, you, you, somebody listening in will probably Google it and do the facts or whatever. Uh, it might have been, I don't know, it might have been a couple of days apart, but I thought it was the next day. Wow because uh, he never had time to recover. I don't know. Uh anyway, it was a short period. It was of a time. short period at <laughs> all. And um and my dad and my, my dad and my brother in law had just gone to the game and I normally meet him in the uh, what it was called then was called the D Club under the main stand. And uh, um obviously he's not saw me in there. Uh, no mobile phones those those days. And um next minute, uh I'm running out at uh, five to three. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. So, uh, yeah. And then he said he just got his seat, just got his seat. And because um, I wasn't told until just after half past two that I was playing and he'd failed his fitness test. How many pints so How many points? It was all,
0: it was did all you a whirlwind.
1: A... <laughs> <laughs> no, I <hadn't> had none. <laughs> I hadn't had none, any. Um, and, um, so it was, a, it, it was really a, a whirlwind. And before I knew it, it was kicking off. I just remember thinking, with the crowd in, I think it wasn't a massive crowd, I think 20,000, um, how much the pitch looked smaller with people in, because I'd only played in the reserves. In the
0: reserves, of you know, course, yeah. Not, yeah.
1: With, with nobody in, and then with the crowd in, I thought, you no, the pitch looks really tight. Um, and then next minute, kicked off. And then, fifty-four bang. There you are. Uh, seconds. I'm am facing a penalty. Can you and my remember? My dad said, "He just literally put his backside on the seat when I'd be facing a penalty."
2: Can you remember if it was a foul in the box or a handball in the box? Do you remember thinking, oh, "Handball"? It was ball. a handball.
1: Balls. It. The, the The pitch was a little bit crisp because the of the the frost. The ball zipped up and hit the centre-half, Joe Gallagher on the hand.
2: And so you're thinking, ah, so now I've got a, a penalty to face well, <laughs> within well, two, a minute.
1: Two two, two, things, two things went through my mind. I thought to myself, as I'm facing it, I thought, right, well, this is a great start. We're 1-0 down before I've even touched the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're getting it, when you're getting it out of the back of the net, have a good feel of it. <laughs> <see you. laughs>
0: get across a bit,
1: yeah. Yeah, have a, uh, get a good feel of it. Or... You're going to be a hero here before you, you know, as you uh, before you've got started with your career. So, um, and looking enough, it was the latter one. Fantastic,
0: superb,
2: superb, absolutely fantastic. So uh, it then says uh, under Watford, it says you transferred to Watford for a sum of three hundred thousand um, pounds, replacing Steve Sherwood. In goal, and at the end of your second full season at Vicarage Road, you won the Hornets Player of the Season and Displayer of the Season awards. The latter for a clean sheet against Liverpool.
1: Yes, yes.
2: I remember yes. reading somewhere that Graham Taylor wasn't very keen on having a goalkeeper winning Player of the Season because he meant there was too many shots at
1: goal or something. He told me, he told me it himself. I remember the my first player, <laughs> my first player of the year. Um, they used to. I don't know whether they still do it now, but. I know they used to have a big do at Wembley and Shendish and
0: Yeah, Shendish Manor stuff, and
1: stuff, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um well when I was there we didn't um you got presented it on the pitch normally before the last home game. So you go out, do your warm up, come back in, get ready, do it prepare and then they'd say, you know, can we have Tony Coate to and John McClellan whoever it was in the tunnel ready to go out and receive the player of the year? Not sure if goal of the season was honoured that way or whether they just announced it. I uh, can't remember because I never won it. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't <laughs> but, prolific. But, no, no. But um, I just remember um, the lad saying, Well done. And I, I, I'd got myself ready and I'd said to uh, uh, Roy Clare, the kit man, Here's my gloves. Will you make sure you just standing here, you know, after it so I can go straight back out? Uh, they all wished me thing thing set for Graham and I went, i just put my hand out to shake his hand and he went, I don't like my goalkeeper's winning player of the year
0: <laughs> That's a kick in the nuts Like that,
1: like that He said, well done He said, I'm pleased you've won it He said, um, because you've got us from, you know, you've won us a lot of points He said, but uh, it doesn't look like that my goalkeeper wins uh, uh, player of the year and I went, I said, well unless you get uh, some more defenders. I think I might be winning it, <laughs> I'll be again. Winning it next year. <laughs> That's
2: fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. No. You must have some so, good uh, memories of playing under Graham. I think most players do.
1: I, I think you've probably heard most of what he was about. You know, the legacy that he left. It was uh, everyone together. Um, obviously, team spirit on the park, team spirit off the park, but with the community uh, at the forefront of that, off the park. So, I remember my first contract, we had so many hours written into your contract that you had to give up for community. um, To to Uh, go out and do things in the the community. To go out and join him with the community. He was very big on that. I know Luther's keen to carry on that uh, philosophy, uh, that legacy of what Graham built and um, what needs to be carried on. Um, I do think at the moment, because I hear it from other clubs that I've been at, the gap's getting bigger from the playing side of it and the, the, yeah. the club side of it from, from the supporters. Yeah, definitely. Because it's gone, it's gone too big. I mean, there was nothing better, really, whichever way you you look at it. I've been on both sides of the coin, coin that when we uh, come to a home game at, uh, at Big Ridge Road, we used to have to park our cars in the car park at the bottom of the allotments. And walk up. Walk up the hill. So you'd, you'd pass supporters, good luck yeah. today, Tony, blah, 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 Did uh, let's have a better result than last week or whatever, you know, and you'd have a bit of banter, blah, blah, blah. We'll be there next week at Everton or wherever it was, and you have that banter. And then after the game, you've got to do... It's either I had the same at Man City, they had their car parked right behind one goal as well and you had to walk so you, you walk you walk through the um what I would probably say the the, 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 the walk of adulation or the gauntlet of eight. Mm. However you'd played. Yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? It, it it was that. But you still had that association with the with the fans and the supporters. And you've seen the same ones, you know, that Come what may, whatever the result, come what may, how, how you played, would still pat you on the back and still wish you wish you all the best because they were proper true supporters. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think football's lost that. It's lost that community feel. Players are busting now on a bus. You don't get near them. You see them out on the park, but you'll never you'll never see. I know I know because of the way it, it's gone, but you'll never see. Uh, To take any player in the Premier League now, Sergio Aguero, you'll never see him in the red line going and pushing a pile of pennies over for a a, (laughs) a cancer trust or going and playing darts in in Croxley Green for, uh, you know, to raise charity for somebody in a wheelchair or Mm. anything like that. Um, We did it because it um, it was Graham's belief and the club's belief that we 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 should be part of that. And we were glad to to do it, as long as somebody was benefiting, you know, less fortunate than ourselves.
0: Yeah, no. I I mean, me and um, Justin were talking uh, just like, was it this week? I can't remember now. Yeah, it must have been this week. uh, How, when we were younger, especially as teenagers, Watford would do a summer... uh, Summer holiday, on a sort of football camp, and players would come down, even in my era, like, you know, players like Gifton or Williams and people like that would come down, they'd yeah. teach you the basics and so forth. Um, and that's all gone, you know, that, that doesn't exist anymore. And I, and I think yeah. it, it is a shame. But I don't necessarily think it's just a Watford thing. I think it's, as you, you touched no, on there, it's, it's very much a, a footballing thing at the moment. And it is, a, it, is a, it is a shame that the fans don't get the same access to the, to the players that we used to.
2: It's the same thing with the Open Day as well. The Open Day, as we touched on before we yeah. started, where you were able to go and meet your players and get an autograph and have a photo. Now it's you have to line up and choose a line to stand in. You get minimal time with players. You don't get to actually sort of talk to them as you used to. You sort of hurried in and moved along. I think a lot of that has evaporated now. It's not. It, it doesn't seem as accessible as it used to. And that's probably within the last maybe 10 years, maybe it's mm, started to get... Definitely. I yeah. think it's got worse. Um, so moving on yeah. to uh, just finishing off your Watford entry, it says uh, you later became the second player to be inducted into Watford's Hall of Fame behind club legend Luther Blissip.
1: Uh, I was yes, ah. uh, be- very very honored to uh, uh, to get that. you know, I feel that there's probably better players warranted it, but um, anyway, I was chosen, and um, as I say, it was an honor. You know that I was um, inducted. What year was it? Did you say it was?
2: Um, it just says here. Coaten later became the second player to be inducted. Oh right, so okay, say, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, You always knew whoever it was going to be. You always knew they were going to be second to lose that. You knew, you, you knew that. Yeah, you know? the fact that I got in before John Barnes <laughs> was, a, was, a, was a big shock to me. It was a, uh, it was a big shock to me. Um, the, the listening in. in In my eyes, what do you, you know, an All of Fame? What do you need to do to deserve going into the All of Fame? Is it about appearances? Is it about what you brought to the club at that time, your your, your performances? What warrants you going in there? What warrants somebody being called a legend? You know, that term can be used quite loosely, I think, at at, Mm. times. But, you know, from the feedback that I've had over many, many years, for those supporters, and I don't mean to be, uh, you know, you only probably got to see me for, well, Carl got a year, I think. I got, last, I got a year
0: of you. Yeah, that was my, it. My,
1: my, my, my last year, just in... got um, oh, about five years. i was far more lucky than you, Carl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you when I wasn't lucky, Tony, which was in 1987, when uh, you managed to get injured, Steve Sherwood managed to get injured and we ended up having some unknown goalkeeper in the semi-finals of the FA Cup.
1: when I broke that. Yeah. (laughs) Broke that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fortunate. I can remember it as clear as as anything. I can remember the goal that we were doing it. We'd been doing some finishing and uh, number one Hall of Famer, the last shot of the day, it was nothing. It was straight at me like that and it just moved at the thing and it hit me right on the thumb, and I knew straight away. I just knew straight away I was in trouble. In trouble. To, listen, you don't play a career whatever without dislocating your finger, breaking breaking them, and having operations on them. I just knew straight away. I just knew the timing couldn't have been any worse prior to the semi final. There was no displacement, but I just knew there's something was seriously wrong. Mm. And fact... they raced me to raced me up to to uh, I would probably say. It was probably it was the second time ever that I'd tried in mm, public. Really? Yeah.
2: For the pain I or the absolutely... disappointment or both? Because, you, no, because the, pain, you
1: the pain, the pain, the pain weren't nothing. The, the but you pain knew. Like, I knew when they told me that I'd got two fractures in, me, in my in thumb and I'd got to go in plaster straight away. Yeah, it must um, be
0: heartbreaking for a player, isn't it? Especially at that. I know, come.
1: I remember coming back to Vicarage Road with Billy Isles and physio, and all this, the the coaching staff were in there. In the staff room, and Billy walked in, and it was just silent. And they knew on Billy the look on Billy's face, you know. And I, I just filled up, you know. And uh, Graham just said, "Look, plenty more opportunities. This, you know, go home, blah blah blah. What's the next step, Billy? Well, he's got he's got to go and He's got have his um, thumb put in plaster. This that and the other. Uh, and then that was it, really. And then the build-up came, and then Steve Sherwood dislocated his. On the Friday,
2: it was just such bad luck. I remember it,
1: and I, I I remember saying to Steve Harrison, "You'll have to play David James. You've got to play David James because mm. they couldn't get any, anyone in. I think we tried. In fact, I think we tried to sign Pat Jennings.
2: Really, really,
1: yeah, on a wow. just on a one-off, and he was forty as an emergency, and he turned it down. That's a shame. Uh, he wouldn't do it, and." Um, and then next minute, Gary Plumley played, and, and I, I still go on record. Can you blame him? Can you can you blame him? No. Was he out of his depth? It was one of them games where you was never going to freak a result against Tottenham. You was never going to do that. No. Um, should he have been on there? In my eyes, no. This is no disre- disrespect to, to Gary. Do I think Graham made a mistake? He never made many. I think he did that day.
2: Next entry then is Manchester City. Uh, Before the start of the 1991 season, it says you were bought for just under a million pounds by Manchester City manager Howard Kendall at the time. Uh, That was one of the most expensive goalkeepers to be signed by any British club. Uh, And you went on to win the City Player of the Year award in both the 91-92 and 93-94 seasons. Was Howard Kendall a little bit kinder about you winning Player of the Year, Year awards? or uh,
1: I don't know, because he wasn't there.
2: Oh, <laughs> right, okay. Who was would, the manager of I City?
1: Howard actually left, um, or I would probably say August, September. I would probably say Howard might have left by October. Really? But he didn't, didn't stick went around back Everton, Went back to Everton.
2: Right, okay. So who was your manager when you were winning those awards? Peter Reid. Ah, Peter Reid.
1: Oh, okay, Reedy.
2: Quality. Yeah. Was he a bit kinder about you winning Player of
1: the Year awards then? Yeah, he's, he's great. I've just I've just seen him today, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, I've just seen him. He it doesn't live far from me.
0: What was that move like for you from, from going from Watford to Man City? Because I mean, they were they were a big club there, Main Road, huge.
1: Well, what what had happened was uh, we we had the the Dave Bassett era. On the time of my departure, I think Colin Lee was the uh, caretaker uh, although I'd got it in my contract that if there'd have been quite a few inquiries for me the club had turned down and um, they got me to sign a new contract and the guy who, who did my contract at the time said look if you get a million pound uh, will you will you you know get, make it known to us that there's an inquiry and it's Tony's choice whether he goes so two years, so after the relegation, I said, no, I can't go now. No matter who comes in, I need to be here to help fight for... To get back. Um, so, yeah, to get back. So I stayed, you know, because I was enjoying it at Watford, this, that and the other. The Dave Basic period wasn't great, uh, I have to be honest. You know, whoever was following Graham, we'd been, you know, he was disciplined. He was, uh, he was good for fun, Training was good. Uh, he'd surprise you, Graham, with different things. Um, and it just seemed that discipline of no jeans for training, clean shaven, uh, all that just went out the window and it was just like we'd gone from uh, a very professional club to a the league club overnight. In, in yeah, the, overnight, the, really. the standards it had slipped. didn't bother, you could wear what you wanted, you could come in unshaven, you could come, you know, this, that and the other. Um uh, but I was one of them that didn't like it. I didn't like that that mm. change. I like what Graham represented. Yeah, yeah. And what it instilled in us, you know. Then Colin Lee come in and we, I turned down Tottenham at the time. And just as they, they went and signed Eric Torstead after me, after I turned them down. And, you, you know, I thought, well, you know, things are changing here now. Things are not how it was. Uh, it may be I need to, I need to move on. So, when that clause was reached, ignited, whatever you want to, whatever way you want to call it, I said, "Right, I think it's time, it's time to go." I, had I regretted not going to Tottenham, um, I might have been a bit too hasty in turning it down. Mm. But there was another big club, and I thought, you know, Birmingham, Watford. Am I going to finish just at, at those two clubs? Let's go and see what, you know, what so-called bigger club. Was about. Yeah, um, so I went up to Manchester, and I was amazed at the the ground, the following. It was just, it, it yeah, was I, just um, I was fortunate amazing. enough
0: as a fan, as an away fan, to go to Main Road. Uh, I think when Kevin Keegan was there, and it, it was an amazing place to watch football. I mean, the the noise in the place. Um, it was a proper old yeah. old school football ground, you know. Which for a
1: start off, you you got four different stands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to start off, now it's all one, it? and any new stadium and all that. But um, we we've got four different stands there, you know, and I think they just the away fans used to get a little section in the corner.
0: Corner, yeah, that's yeah. where we were, yeah. Uh, you
1: know, yeah, it was a good atmosphere. It was it was noisy. Yeah, so that's 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 really how that how that move come about, really.
2: And from there, arguably, you went to possibly one of the or the biggest club in Europe it says uh, in January 96 you moved across the city to Manchester United for half a million pounds a record fee for a transfer between United and City where you were to be an understudy to Peter Schmeichel. Who's he? Yes. Never heard of him.
1: Yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that one was that one was uh, it'd gone a bit sour for me at City at that time I'd had sort of four really good years like you said I had I think a back-to-back Player of the Years there, and then um, I got injured um, in the October uh, where I had a what's called a compartment syndrome in my thigh. I rip, ripped, I ripped a muscle in my thigh making a save, and um, it went into a bleed hematoma. Yeah. So it's what's called a compartment syndrome where they have to open you up. They open you up the length of my thigh. Emergency, and then I had five operations in, Blimey. I think it was about eight days, to be honest.
0: Yikes.
1: Wow. So there was a long recovery then, so that was the October, so it was really then, uh, by this time Alan Ball was the manager, so I'd gone all the way through to the following pre-season, and then Alan Ball uh, came in, so I was out from the October. Got myself fit through the pre season, everything. Well, I was fit towards the end of the season, but not match fit. I hadn't played any, any football. And then um, did the pre season. After all the pre season, came back to Manchester and I was told I was with the reserves. So I didn't even train with the first team. I was with the reserves. I then asked the reserve coach, I need some games. Can I play in the reserves? I need to. And I remember going up to Hartley Pool and I remember going. and. You know, Then I'm uh, what would I be? Thirty-five. Yeah, that mm. sounds right. Yeah,
0: you know, you
1: know exactly. And I don't think players these days at thirty-five would want to get on a coach for three hours and play in the reserves at Hartlepool. Mm. But I wanted, I wanted to make sure I was right if I was needed. You know, so I went there. I remember going to Sheffield United, playing in the reserves at Chesterfield. I remember uh, all the all these games that meant probably nothing to to a lot of people. I needed to play. I needed to make sure I was right. And then um, I just went into Alan Ball one day and I said, look, I've played eight, nine, 10, 11 reserve team games now. I said, I've been all over the country. I've proved my fitness. I said, um, am I anywhere near your team? He said, "Ah," oh. He said, I meant to call you in. He said, uh, "He said I like the left back at Sunderland. We're going to try and do a swap deal. And that was his first words to me
0: really
1: I said I don't want to go to Sunderland that was, that was my answer to him um, I said but I said forget that I said why am I not <laughs> Look at the age of me I went what I've done here but I'm not even training with you yeah
0: yeah what have I he done said, oh, you,
1: yeah. he said you can come and train with us today like that so I remember walking over to the pitches and all the lads because I still got in I was still in the same changing room yeah. Training and that. And as I walked over towards the, uh, uh, an Ike Himmel, they'd bought Ike Himmel in now, a German international dollar they bought him yeah. uh, Who wasn't, who hadn't gone down well with the fans, this, that, and the other. And um, I ran over to the pitches and all the lads saw me and started cheering because they knew I was coming to train uh, with them. I don't know what made me do it. I went, Ike, I went, the manager wants you. He said, I am Munich. Buy a Munich have just come in for you, like that. And he went, oh. I said, Munich have just come in for you, and the manager wants you. And he went running off. <laughs> 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 he went ste- he went steaming off into the gaffer's office like that. And the lad was going, Bayern Munich. I said, no, I don't know, I've got bollocks. I <laughs> Quality. He's so, got in there and gone,
0: go where's
1: the deal? Yeah. <laughs> it, boss, Bayern Munich, a Munich. <laughs> Yeah, so that was it, and then um, next minute, uh, I just get a phone call from the manager's secretary saying Man United have come in and the club have accepted the uh, the offer. Wow, said, what? He said, Man United? He said you're, you're free to go and um, speak to Sir Alex Ferguson. Wow, just out of the blue. Gee,
0: that, that, that wasn't on yeah. the, That wasn't on the horizon. No,
1: just no. Out, just no, just out of the blue. I went and met him, and he he just said, "Look, um, what was the year?" Twelve points behind uh, Newcastle, I'd love it. Uh, I'd love it if I'd, we beat them. Yeah, here, yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember
2: it well. Yeah.
1: It says
0: January
1: '96. '96. Yeah. '96. Yeah. So um, he said we're we're so many points behind uh, Newcastle. He said, but my only position that I worry about is if anything happens to Peter, I've got nobody that can go in. He says, and I believe you could do it the same as what Les Sealy did. Wow. You come in. You could end up in cup finals. You could do this, you could do that. He said, "But I just need that security that I know I've got somebody that can come into the team." He said, "Plus, I just want to keep him on his on his toes because he he gets a bit lax in training. That you'll have a day off for you. You know, oh, I'm not feeling great." He said, "We can't do anything about it because he's the only one we've really got." Yeah. What
0: was what was he like? What was he like as a goalkeeper and a, and a person? Because he Peter. Yeah.
1: Ah, uh, he, he had a great presence. I mean a real real presence um you know just a, a, around the place, but when you were on the pitch and and uh, even in training, he was just a massive present, this big beaming yeah. voice um and for somebody so big, he was very agile, very quick um he used to do you know, those sort light, of star light. jump
0: saves didn't he he used to just
1: yeah 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 well he, he he invented them really, didn't yeah. he yeah. Um, because of his handball days playing in Denmark when they in play Denmark, handball that's yeah. so all the goal the goal is to do that um, and he did it really well so he's um, you know it, it, it was one of them and I I come back and I said to my wife I said I'm United I said we won't have to move out this that and the other blah 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 we added it all up so I said she said what do you think I said well I've got something that I want to ask him first so the next day I went to the meet Sir Alex again and I said look I said if you promise me with a handshake now that it's January now hopefully you'll be successful but if I want to finish my career by playing and I want to move on you'll you'll let me go at the end of the season I said but I'll come and cover now and I'll give you all I've got till yeah. um, come the end of the season Did we won the double um, and then um, it was at the, at the doing the Lancaster Gate Hotel after the cup final manager did what he did he was he went round all the all the players the wives girlfriends families when he come to me thank you for your contribution you don't know what you've done you don't know what edge to his game you did just having you in training every day this that and the other having you around the place he said um, I said I know but can we have a chat on Monday and he went Really? I went, yeah. He went, okay. So on the Monday, I just said, look, all these foreign players are coming in. Rude playing here, um, Zola's playing here. All these foreign, big foreign players are coming. I said, I just want to have the chance to get out on the pitch. I said, and I don't think he's going to come here. I said, I just, and he went, right. He said, go away, enjoy your holiday. He said, uh, I'll be in touch. Come back. And it was the answering machine. And, it, and the first message was, Tony, it's Alex. I've got three or four clubs interested in you. I gave you my word. Uh, give me a call. Wow. Brilliant. And I spoke to Stoke. I spoke to Wolves. It was Peter Reid, manager at Sunderland, and I'd had him at Man City, and I thought, better the devil you know. Yeah, of
0: course, of course.
1: Um, so I went up to Sunderland, and then and then I went as player coach, and then unfortunately, 10, 11 games in, um, I have a I've fracture in my leg, five fractures, and at 36 years of age, I was never going to get back from that. And the surgeon said it would be very unlikely you get back. Yeah. Um. So once I was off the crutches, I went into the coaching side of it.
2: Yeah, which has pretty much brought us up to date on the, on the Wikipedia fact or fiction. Do
1: not scratch your eyes!
2: Carla's got some questions from... Uh, listeners to the podcast they've been sending in questions via Twitter and via Facebook
0: Um, right well one of the questions uh, which comes from a guy called Hemel um, which is not Hemel Hempstead Hemel Patel is asking you coached a lot of goalkeepers in your time Ben Foster he believes you coached as well which I'm pretty sure you would have had Ben at Man United if I'm right
1: I was one that found Ben from uh, the depths of Wrexham yeah Um, wow so Ben, I know about ben. being from being from the Midlands. Ben had been playing at Racing Club Warwick, uh, so I, you, you build up your contacts and people that you played with um, in your earlier career. They go off and they're not as fortunate to make it as coaches I up. But they're doing the non-league scenes and and maybe that's all they want to do. And I'd, I'd known about Ben. Then, so Ben was like, there's a little bit of a, a Stoke Racing Club, Warwick, and then he's ended up at Wrexham. So I go to Wrexham. My mate lives in a place called Mould. He watches Wrexham. He tells me about Bam Foster. I go down on a Tuesday night, watch Ben. I think first thing I saw was a big booming left foot, which he's got. I don't know whether he's losing any power out of it. It doesn't no. look like it. No, he's still, he's yeah. still
2: very much got that uh, powerful left foot. Yeah.
1: But he just needed to change his type of delivery and his, his, his type of, instead of just smashing it to show everybody how far he could kick it, he needed to deliver it in a different way. I looked at him um, and uh, I thought, oh, there's a keeper in, in him here. Uh, when I watched him again, I then said to the, come back to Sir Alex and I said, look, ask Darren what he thinks of Ben Foster because Darren Ferguson was playing at Wrexham at the same time. Um, And he come back in a couple of days and he said, Darren, Darren really likes him. He said he's a nice lad off the pitch, this, that and the other. So then I went again midweek with, I took the academy, uh, head of academy goalkeeping, uh, who's now the first team goalkeeping coach at Man United. Uh, Richard Artis I took him with me uh, and I said right this is how you, scout a, uh, how you scout a goalkeeper so we went through the different formula for how, how you how, what you look for what you see um, and really explain that if there's any major deficiencies in somebody's game are they coachable can you get them out of those certain habits Yeah. what, what are the strengths what are the major weaknesses the, the various, various things so I mean, it's a bit different to, to nowadays. The first criteria is, can he play out with his feet? So there was none of, there was, so there was none of that. It, obviously, it stood out, his delivery off his left foot. So I come back to the manager and I said to him, and I said, there's a goalie there. And uh, he said, really? I said, yeah. Well, I'm telling you now, he can't come in here and train and stand still. We have to get him straight out on I says, and we have to monitor him. I said, we have to get him in periodically training with me. Blah, 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 blah. Aidy Boothroyd was the manager at, at Watford at the time. Yeah. And um, I rang Aidy Boothroyd. I said, are you looking for a goalie? He went, yeah. I said, I've got one for you. We're going to sign Ben Foster from Wrexham. Well, it's I want reports. I want this and I'll come and watch him as much as I can. And that's really how, how Ben got started. We signed him and we um, we parked him up at Watford first time around.
2: He was that season... Um, which eventually led to us being promoted. And the season after in the Premier League, I thought Ben Foster was absolutely fantastic for Watford. I thought
1: he was brilliant. I've still, I've still not received my royalties. Have you not?
0: <laughs> well, I'll send, I'll send him a tweet after this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and to be fair, I still think he's a great uh, goalkeeper now. I think he's exciting to watch. Um I can only really think, in my time of watching Watford, there's sort of three goalkeepers that really stick out in my mind. There's yourself, there's Alec Chamberlain, and there's Ben Foster. I mean, there have been others, but those those three names for me are the goalkeepers.
1: To be be fair, you surprised me there that you haven't mentioned Gomez.
2: Gomez as well. Actually, I did say to you, didn't I, Carl? Gomez as well. Um, But apart from that, I think we've not really had any goalkeepers that you think oh right so they're they're the number one they're in goal we're going to be we're all right today there's a safe pair of hands Gomez I agree as well um as, as well but um Foster I was so glad when he came back and I, I still think he's great I still think he's a really good goalkeeper
0: I think what Tony you just said there which is quite interesting um you know about the coaching side and especially when you were playing um and, and being coached and you said for yourself, the first criteria now is is to see if they can play with their feet. That was never really the case in your, your time, was it? It was always, you had to be a certain size. Okay, you had to... No, be... no, that,
1: that, that was the, to be fair, it, the, the criteria was your size was a, was a big criteria and really, how far can he kick it? Yeah. The opposite, it's gone the yeah. opposite, you know, um, because... A lot. Of, oh, he, he can't kick it far enough. He can't, you know, blah blah blah. Because it was, it was, you know, the further away from your goal, the better it was. Was, was the was the philosophy? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, yeah, of course. If in doubt, you kick out, it out, this, <laughs> that, and the other. I think now got. Yeah, I think I think goalkeeper is now. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot more risk takers by keeping possession and. Goals conceded. I don't buy into the fact that everybody seems to want to play this way now. I don't mm. buy into it because lower down, you'll get it. This, that and the other. I mean, because you can't get out to games. And um, I went to a, a non-league game a few weeks ago, Saturday afternoon. So, you, you're talking probably two leagues below the conference because crowds were allowed in. Yeah, allowed back in. Yeah. Um they're playing on the not a great pitch, and they're trying to play like Man City and Liverpool and Doesn't playing out from that. the back. One, the players were not capable of do, doing it. Two, the pitch was awful, and I felt sorry for the goalie because you know the coach is saying play out, play out, and I'm thinking to myself, well, that wouldn't be me if I was in there. And if I was his, even at this level, if I was his goalkeeping coach, I'd be just telling him to. Just clear his lines. Yeah, get it gone. It's just the conditions. But everybody just seems to get... Yeah, everybody just seems to want to play this way. Um, you know, and I've got to be honest, it can, it can get quite boring.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's it
1: quite boring watching everybody play the same way. Do you not think so? Definitely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I do. I, you know, it's uh, all the... Especially in the Premier League at the moment, they're all they're all at it, and the amount of goals that teams are conceded by—I mean, even Liverpool prattling around at the back, putting unnecessary pressure. I think um, I do recall, though, just in your criminalist, was it Ben Foster did a similar thing against Arsenal, and uh, a Bangy ran in and scored one. didn't Yes,
2: it? that's true. That is true, but that also worked against them.
0: It did. And we it did, they they,
2: they were messing about with it, and then we nicked one as well. So that, that does. It's a silly thing, really. I like right. to see the ball cleared when the goalkeeper's got it, really.
0: Right, next question. This comes from Jason Grace. I think I know the answer to this one. Did Watford, beating him, that's you, Mr coton in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup at St Andrews with a John Barnes wonder strike, which is debatable. I'm sure you'll bring that up. Make his move to Watford a no-brainer.
1: Okay, it just broke up a little bit halfway through the question. That was, that was all. Did you, do you want um, me to repeat it, or you got it? I, I think no. I think it was the fact that Watford beat Birmingham three one in the quarter final of the cup. Well, that was that was it, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, and a, and a John Barnes did wonder it, strike, uh, a John Barnes bobble. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we are. Do I, okay. Do I do I remember it? I'm still having counselling it. Was yeah. um, no, it was. Um, it didn't make my mind up no because they they, they beat us. I um, will tell you what what probably made my mind up was um, sitting in front of Graham Taylor. As soon as you got in front of him, that was it. It was it was all over, you know. Because the first thing Graham did was talk about talk about his personal life.
0: Yeah.
1: So he'd gone to gra- he'd gone to the great lengths to know everything about my family. The fact that my mum had passed away, my brother in law had passed away with cancer, uh, this, that, and the other, in my sister's name, what my dad had done for a living, blah, 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 blah. He knew everything. And after a good hour of that, he'd already won me over with that before he got onto the football, On side, of the it.
0: football side of it. So
1: wow. yeah. then when he gets onto the football side of it, he tells you how great you are now, what a difference you're going to make to the, to the team. Um, we'll always score goals, but at the moment we're letting too many in. You're coming in to stop that. So what did I do? Let five in on my debut. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Good start. <laughs> Great start. I think, you oh, know, I don't know what he's told everybody, but uh, um, hopefully over the years i put that right. But it was, um, you know, so, so once you got in front of Graham, it was job done. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I probably... I'd be very I don't know whether as many turned him down once he got in front of them. Yeah. There's there probably there are cases probably but um money wasn't a a factor for me. I'd had a couple of off the field problems uh it, you know in Tamworth. with Yeah, cuz you came uh, down with a bit I'd... of a
0: reputation didn't you when you when you signed for Watford. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and it, it was just a, a, a matter of everything and I remember stopping at, at, at Toddington Services. The Chief Scout of Birmingham was bringing me down. And um, stopped. To, I said, look, I need to speak to my dad. So we stopped at Toddington Services. I went on the pay phone in the, in the services. And I said to my dad, I said, I'm on my way to, to Watford. I said, I'm at Toddington Services. I said, Graham Taylor's on Birmingham. have accepted the, uh, the offer. He went right. He said, Well, he said, Well, you seen, you know, the players in there, you know, they're attacking, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I said, What do you think I should do? He said, I'll tell you what I should do. Don't come home unless you sign for them. Wow. That's wow. what he said. And that's, that's what my dad said. That's it. My dad done. wanted me away from that environment, you know? Yeah, yeah. He wanted me to, um, he, fe- he feared the worst. Fresh so, as I, yeah. So, as I say, once, once Graham, and uh, I'd defy anybody. I think in the six years I was there, there was only one uh, misdemeanour, which was a um, fight in the white horse at Emma Um When when somebody tried to... Well, I won't go into it. Anyway, um, it was so, that, you know, so that was... So other than that, I'd live I'd, uh, my time at Watford. I was a choir boy. Good. Well, you know, I'd lived there, I'd, I'd done it all right and done, done everything. Um,
0: was was Graham so, very similar uh, to? Was sorry to interrupt. Was Graham very similar to Alex Ferguson in in that sort of way? Would get to know you and you know get yeah background on very you. much
1: so. Yeah, very much so. The biggest thing that I uh, and I asked Sir Alex this. I said, "What what do you think your secret is?" What what, what? he said. He said, I learnt from Jockstein And Jockstein said, get to know everybody at the club and who they are, who they're married to, who the partners are, what the children's name. Yeah. And he was phenomenal, uh, Sir Alex. He could see the lady in the laundry once in whatever. And he'd <laughs> go, uh, hello, Linda, how are, how's your Stephen? Yeah, how's you getting on at school? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and... It, it made the people in the laundry just feel 10 feet tall, you know? Yeah. And everybody was pulling together, you know? Uh, there might be a scout from somewhere that he hadn't seen. You don't really see the scouts. You hear, you see the reports, this, that, and the other. When he come in, he made them really, and he straight away, my oh, Gene," you know, his wife's gene, blah, 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 did he But is there anything you need? Mm. Tell me, can I do anything for you? It just made you feel... That's amazing. You know, 10, Ten feet tall. And Graham was like that. He knew everything. And mm. we used to say as players, you know, I remember being on a night out with Kenny Jacket. And I went, "See hey, which one of these knows the gaffer? <laughs> I said, because we'll go into it tomorrow and he'll know we've been in it.
2: Really? <laughs> yeah, had eyes everywhere. Eyes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the, 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 in answer to the, the gentleman's question, it wasn't that... Um, it wasn't that defeat, it was the fact that when she got in front of Graham, that was it. Job you couldn't done. say no.
0: Quality. Nah. Brilliant. Right, uh, on to another one. This is uh, David has asked, I'm pretty sure you've been asked about this before, that Ian Rush dive that won Liverpool a penalty in injury time in the FA Cup quarterfinal replay, it still sticks in his throat. I'm pretty sure it sticks in yours too. I think what he's asking is, was it a penalty? Now, I know the answer to this. Do you? Yeah i uh, come. Was well, you linesman
1: that day?
0: I was linesman. Yeah. <laughs> I you didn't touch him,
1: uh, or how did do you, you know the answer? How do you know the answer?
0: I'm just. I, I, it's my opinion. That's what football's about. It's about opinions. I can don't you remember
1: it. Touch... Or can you no, remember I, no, it? You no, I, it?
0: I, I've had to. I've had to watch it. I don't remember. Yeah. I wasn't there.
1: So, so first and foremost, uh, in in answer to the question is, do I think he cheated? Uh, I don't think Rushy was that type. D- did I make a mistake the mistake was coming out in the first place There's was four yeah. minutes to go we're 1-0 up and the ball goes it's going away but once you'd set off I couldn't be stuck in, no in man's
0: between. land. between yeah.
1: so I'd either got a commit to it you know or be in no man's land so Rushy was believe me Rushy was quick he, he was very sharp Um as I got there, he's towed it, but I know he he towed it too far. Um, so I just made me mount, you know, I didn't arm up or, or anything. And he just he bought it, and the ref bought it, you know, Roger Milford, um, you know. So um, did I touch him? No. Was I to blame? I Blame myself for coming for the, first, for the first ball, yeah, but not on any no contact.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely no contact, definitely.
2: Were there, Which um, strikers really did you not like playing against, Tony? Were there any him, that you thought, oh, no?
1: Him, I'll I'll give you a funny one in a minute, but um, R- Rushy was, was the main one because he was just a predator. He was a predator. Linica was the same. You know, Linica's hold-up play, build-up play weren't great. But he was just there at the, at the
0: right wrong time, yeah. time for a yeah.
1: right time for him, wrong time for me mm. or any other goalkeepers. And Rushy was the same, you know. Both of them very, very quick, very quick. And Rushy very, very rarely missed the target mm. when presented with an opportunity. Um, so he was one. You, you, you sort of go back and think who did have the worst record against. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then for pure physical presence and now he was an an ex-teammate of mine and he's my best mate uh, Mick Arford
2: Right Right
1: And Mick Arford rang me up we're playing Luton at at Luton on the plastic Oh yes and he rang me up and he rang me up and he said uh, he said right he said "Uh, have you got a good plastic surgeon and I said why he said because you're going to get some stitches on on uh, (laughs) on On Saturday. I said, Mick, I wouldn't expect anything else. Um and sure enough, uh, unfortunately for me, uh we went for a ball, I've ended up with four stitches in the lip. Wow. Um, I knew it, I knew it was coming. But the worst part was he scored that trick that day. Oh no And I always blame I always blame the pitch.
2: Yeah, um, I forgot they had a plastic uh, pitch. Yeah, it was awful. QPR um, had one as well, didn't they? Around the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I suppose Preston, the bounce of the ball, every, everything's Preston. off, isn't it? You can't judge it. Well, they,
1: they were they were used to it. Mm. They were used to it. The fact is now, I think Mick was telling me now, so many of that team, that good team on that pitch, about to have knee replacements, hip replacements, really,
0: because it was so hard on their,
1: wow, yeah, on their joint, on their joints. Wow, 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 wow. But, struggling with it. Um, So from that point of view, he absolutely delivered what he said he was going to deliver. A
0: couple of stitches. Yeah. Right. I've only got a couple more. Um, So this one actually comes from uh, my son, who wanted me to ask you this. Who would you say is the best goalkeeper you've either coached or played
1: with? Right. Played with? Will
0: you be number two, it? or maybe against? Yeah, that's, let's go with that. Let's go against.
1: Um, right, so starting off and my probably my desire to be a goalie was uh, my goalkeeping hero was Pat Jennings, a former Watford goalkeeper.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so Pat Jennings was, and still is, uh, my hero um, growing up uh, as a kid. And that's probably why I put the gloves on here in the first place. Playing against, I was fortunate enough to play against um, Pat as well. Um, played against Shilton, played against Ray Clements. You know, God rest his soul. Um, yeah, that's, uh, we'll
0: we'll, co- we'll come on to that because uh, yeah. we, we definitely need to mention. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, so, uh, Grobler was eccentric. Obviously Peter Smite was fantastic. Um so from who who would I have it's a bit different to today's era, really. Mm. Um there's so many to choose from. You know, Nigel Martin, Chris Woods, myself, Dave Seaman, Tim Flowers. Yeah. Um, some names um, in know, there, isn't it? Yeah, Shilton's coming to his to an end. Clem was still playing. Uh then you you know, you've got Smeichel, um, who else have we got? Uh, John Lukic, John Lukic is, yeah, John Lukic. Lukic. Um, you know, uh, even big Steve McBrizevich, he was yeah, a consistent, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: was a consistent keeper at, at that time. You know, um, Nigel Spink, Aston yeah. Villa. You know, it was hard to see a club with a weak goalkeeper really. Mm. Yeah, in, in all in all those years. Does, um, that,
0: does that sort of explain sort of moving away from it? Slightly, but it does that sort of explain your your England? Career or lack of England career because you you were kind of you were a a, a top goalkeeper. Let's let's not deny that you were a fantastic goalkeeper. But were you around at the sort of the wrong time because of the amount of other quality Um, around?
1: Well, I missed the World Cup Italian ninety and Bobby Robson's diaries. Bobby Robson did a diary. I've got it somewhere in the house, and in it is a page on. players that didn't go mm. that he felt he made a mistake and they should have gone.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, he says in the diary, the informed goalkeeper at the time was, um, Watford's Tony Cote. Wow. His performances were better and more consistent than everyone at the time. But I was told I couldn't include him because of his off. We couldn't trust him off his, with he's off the field. Wow. Um, I never got the chance to ask Bobby Robson that in in person,
0: mm.
1: you know. Um, so that 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 was it, that would have been Italian ninety. Uh, by that time, I was winning uh, the PFA Goalkeepers of the Year, and Players of the Years, and, and all that. Um, so I knew I was in good form, you know. Um, we go into the nineties. I've, I've I've moved to Man City and. Um, I get called into the squads with Graham this, that and the other um, you know I'm in the squad for the, the famous San Marino goal uh, Yeah,
0: God I remember that as a kid I do remember that this,
1: this, this that and the other so um, all this and then I'm told later by Steve Barrison that Graham was told not to play by Peter Swales at the at the EFA at the time because um, if I made one one game for England, full full cap, um, Man City owed Watford some more money. Which I never asked Graham, which Steve Harrison tells me this. So I, I, I look at it both ways. I look at it and think, well, Graham should have been big enough to do that. Plus the fact he's giving his old club some more money.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Wow. Do you know what
1: I mean? So, yeah. so part of me... Part of me really thinks, it, was that really true? But listen, it wasn't to be. It's unfortunate, but uh, I don't lose any sleep over it.
0: No, good. I'm, well, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. I mean, that's a massive insight there, isn't it, to, to what huge. goes on in, in, in football and, and how these decisions are made. So now we're, we're hit with the news. Obviously, uh, Ray Clements um, has, has passed away. Um, your 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 kind of memories of, of Ray Tony and uh, experiences or any any sort of stories yeah, that you have
1: about just, Ray? Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, um, you know, remember watching him as a kid growing up, playing for Liverpool. He was fantastic, um, wasn't he? He
0: was a quality keeper, and then
1: playing against, yeah, playing playing playing. I think Ray was. Does he hold the goal, the record for sixteen goals conceded he in conceded. a season? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Liverpool only conceded 16, 16 goals. I think it was I think it was Ray, um, which showed a model of, of consistency. You know, concentration levels had to be uh, at its highest because of you know they dominate most games, and then he'd probably be asked to do one thing, and he used to do it. Um, and then obviously being in awe of him in his presence, um, uh, of who he was, uh, playing against him and uh just his all round professionalism and you know, very complimentary when when uh I played against him. Um, yeah, I know it's the union, but very, very complimentary. And then later on when you do your coaching badges, Ray was goalkeeping coach for England. For England, yeah. Um yeah, and just meeting him and him being so down to earth, a gentleman, and um, you know, just um, a really, really top man, top bloke. Mm. Um, and it's sad. I know he's been he's been poorly for a while, and he's been fighting this for numerous years. Yeah, and, for some time. Yeah. And then I I did hear something a few weeks ago that it, it had a bit of a turn for the worst, but uh, still sad. Still sad. Yeah, terrible news. Proper, terrible news. Proper football man. Absolutely. And probably Probably one of the really founder members of the goalkeeping union. Mm,
0: definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I I I wasn't fortunate enough. I was I was born in the wrong era to to ever see red. But anybody that you talk to, uh, we um, myself and Justin were talking to Luther just the other day, and and he was uh, hugely complimentary to. So again, what you said about about Ray being uh, so down to earth and a, a gen, you know a genuine football man, and, and yeah. it, it's, it's so sad. It is sad. It's uh, just a, a tough, tough year at the moment, and hopefully, you know, there's not going to be much of this to, to carry on with. Do
2: not scratch your eyes. Thank you so much for giving us well over an hour of your time, Tony. Um, really, send you the check. Yeah,
1: no problem, no problem. Guys. Really, really appreciate
2: it. <laughs> yeah um it's been lovely having you on um so thank you very very much tony for uh for being with us today
0: yeah been amazing tony thank you so much uh really appreciate it and, no problem um, chaps and what, what what's tony coaten doing at the moment playing a lot of golf uh obviously i know we're in lockdown at the moment Are you,
1: you still, no. Uh... no he's he's not and if and if he was playing a lot of golf he wouldn't be playing in this weather <laughs> uh, he's a fair weather golfer. Um, no. I'm. Um, I've gone back to Man United. I'm a uh, uh, scout for goalkeeper So, so when when Ben decides to hang his gloves up, um, whoever's in charge at that at uh, that time time to give me a call. we will be out. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Will
2: do. Fantastic. Tony Coton, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this evening.
1: Thanks, guys. All the best.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: code buttery exclusions apply see site for details this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans